the old link out for this thing. Yeah. Episode 161, you know. Cracking on now. Thick and fast. Ooh. Thanks to everybody that randomly listened to uh, to, to our episode yesterday. Um, we had like a huge spike in listeners on Sunday of all days um, on January the 30th, a week since we last posted. So thank you to everyone who decided that was something they wanted to do with their Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> much appreciated. They, they definitely thought it was new. Yeah, we, they got scammed, unintentionally scammed, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, probably. They probably just rolled in and was just like, oh, yeah, of course, another to get together VHA. Uh, but surprise, um, it's today instead. So we are recording at 5 o'clock Eastern time, so it'll be 10 o'clock UK time, right before the transfer window slams shut. Um, why bother with that? absolute fraud Jim White when you can be with us instead is is how I'll lead off. <laughs> yeah. Um we get well we get just the odd random reference. Like we signed Indev and they put it at the bottom of the screen and eventually they went to some lady that was nowhere near farmer um and spent ten seconds just reading off a script clearly knew nothing about him and then that was it. We'd never heard of the club again. Back to talking about uh, will Jesse Lingard leave Man United? And hearing from Anton Ferdinand, uh, who is just damning. Anyway, so yeah, here we are. We're, t- we're actually going to talk about Brighton. Think about that. And the craziest thing with it all is, is that I'm obviously we don't watch Sky Sports News here anywhere near as much as anyone over there does these days because it's not readily available at all. I, have they have they even talked about USG this year, even in the quiet time? Because you would think that they should be, right? Like, that's a pretty amazing story to be going on, even if it is in the Belgian league. Like, they were, I know for a fact that they were talking about Lille when they went on a mad one two years ago in the French league. So I'm surprised that they didn't have a little bit more than just the basic press release that Brighton put out there for Undav, given the form that they're in and him leading the line. Seems a bit nuts, doesn't it? Probably just don't get any money from talking about the Belgian Pro League. If True. I had to guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. What, what, I guess where do you watch? Where do you watch that Belgian Pro League in the yes, UK? Yeah, I mean, well, for us, yeah, we're laughing. <laughs> but it's, yeah, just yeah, it's not one of the top six leagues, is it? And no. I think it start it started to catch on. Like if you if you search for it, you'll be able to find some really good articles on what they've been doing this year. But yeah, I mean, as as for the man himself, I mean. Like you guys said, he's a copy and paste of Neil Morpay physically. So um, maybe we'll just swap one in and one out and not use a sub anymore. An, up, an upgraded copy paste with an extra couple of emojis on him. It's like the uh, it's like the Bella twins, one with the boob job and one without. <laughs> just where I was going, yeah. <laughs> Undav is the one with uh, with them, of course, because uh, he's massive. Um, we, we've actually had a busy-ish day for Albion, to be fair. Um, Offire gets himself a new deal uh, yep. that runs until 2024. Obviously made that start uh, against West Brom in January in the FA Cup and was pretty good as well. Um, showed enough, obviously, to the team to think, yep, we want a bit more of what he's offering. Um, and then we went ahead and grabbed a new contract for Sarmiento as well, which yeah, that's really... Big. I forgot that he was on such a short-term one when he first signed on. Um, but I think 
everybody and their nan could see he'd showed more than enough and deserved a new deal for sure. Um, Four hey, years as well. uh, the LD brothers in the chat, by the way. Welcome. Yeah, long-term deal for for Sarmiento and a good one, I think. Um, well, well needed. Do want to touch on one or two outside of Brighton, though. Uh, Christian Eriksen does finally sign that six-month deal with Brentford. Good for him. Good for them. Yep. Yeah. If you had told me at the day after he came off of that that pitch ever Denmark that he'd be playing for anybody uh, again, I would have called you a massive liar. Um, I'd have thought you were mental. Uh, so. Good for him. I can't. I can't wish wish the guy well enough. It was it was a surprise and a pleasant one that he's even capable of of standing there on a pitch, let alone playing on it. Yeah. So it's so it's, of all the sides as well that he could go to. Um, they play nice football. Um, it's hard to really hate them. Uh, you know, it's it's just a, it's it's kind of a nice story. It'd be a shame if he went to one of the bottom feeders and you're like, oh, he's going to be in a relegation battle because you kind of have to, and they still might be, but you kind of have to be in a side where if he goes to and he's going to play and, and probably put himself back at some level of health risk, right? The safest thing for him to do would arguably be just to retire and walk off into the sunset. But God, it could be such a nice little story. Um, so that's a, it's, it's a good one to see. It's yeah. interesting, interesting not to see him go to one of the big clubs as well, um, where he wouldn't necessarily get any game time either. So um, it's a nice little middle ground for him. And yeah, I mean, everyone yeah. loves to see it, right? I think, you know, seeing him not only back at that, but also like literally one of the best leagues in the world as well. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very nice story. Dan Glamatek in the chat. No Dan Burn to Newcastle on Instagram yet. Uh yeah, that, that deal has been going on for a while, hasn't it? You would have thought that that would have been pushed through a lot quicker given that he is a, a fan of Newcastle. You would think he would sign just about whatever check they're going to put in front of him considering it's probably going to be loads regardless. Um, yeah. Flossie Gonk, welcome. Never never seen that name before. <laughs> welcome to the chat, Flossie. Uh, he's gone to Danish FC, Danish owner, Danish manager, Danish teammates. Yeah, um, pretty much spot on. Nothing more to add there. It, it was... It makes sense for everybody um, and definitely wish him luck uh, as is the sentiment in the chat as well. I'll, I'll bring up one that's just currently on the ticker at the moment. Uh, yeah. It is Palace signing Mateta. Um, Vieira has been desperate to get another body up front, even though, I mean, I feel like they've kind of got a few bodies up there, but there's another striking option that they have now, which is, is essentially half decent business. I believe it's a loan. I haven't seen enough details just yet to see whether they've got an option to buy, but um, it's a little bit annoying because uh, he's meant to be a decent youngish player. Yeah. They've also, uh, I mean, they've also been playing Edward out wide at times, haven't they? Yeah. Which may yeah. be another thing. They may think that they need someone who's, can do both, right? Like play centrally and have Edward on the pitch at the same time. Which doesn't time. seem right. Edward's, Edward's not exactly sort of a lithe winger. I guess with Zaha being away and things like that, they had to make do and yeah. yeah. Don't want to hear about Palace. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Tough, Greg. We're, you're hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely fair though, Greg. You're right. Um, so let's talk about uh, Burnley, Weghorst, decent signing. Finally, they spent some money that they got for Chris Wood. Uh, but the real signer signing of the day for strikers was, of course, Dennis Undav uh, from USG. Uh, six million quid 
from what from all accounts i think like the most i've seen it rumored at is seven which is outrageous amounts of money for a player at the caliber he potentially could be at um bit of a jamie vardy isn't he uh in german format he he came from like what the fourth division of the german league to what is now going to be the premier league in five years um and hit a peak way later in life than most players do most of them come through in the regular way and he's really found his peak at 24 and 25 years old and just came out of nowhere onto the scene for usg kind of like usg did in belgium um obviously the fee is helped by the fact that tony owns both clubs uh i'm sure there may well end up being add-ons or something here or there or he's just kind of offsetting the fact that we send half of our team on loan to them anyway which helps them um this this is this is one of the guys we've been waiting for right as a different offensive option up front similar height to neil but a very different player by all accounts yeah this is i mean we've been we talked a little bit about and uh on a few recent pods because obviously there's been the, the constant murmurings about bringing in another striker um he obviously the, the money, the fee there is lower, as you mentioned, sort of given the fact that his contract, I believe, was going to run out summer of next year, right? So they had to cash in to some extent now. But yes, you can't, you cannot deny the fact that having Tony Bloom own your club, uh, where the player is coming from, probably helps grease the wheels a little bit in terms of what you're bringing in. Um, it's going to be a big step up. The Jupiter Pro League is not the Premier League, um, but we've seen other players come from that league and come play from us with, with success. And he's going to come into a system and with a countryman, uh, at least Trossard used to play there. So there's going to be a level of sort of comfort there. If Gross stays around, he'll have another German on the team. So there's a bit of a, a setup around him that could be good. And again, regardless of how it works out in terms of him being a top tier performer for us, we've talked about this before. We don't need a quote-unquote 20-goal-a-season man, if he can bring us 10 additional goals a year, that's massive because we're not getting them outside of outside of Neil and a couple of others at the moment. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the option available to us. You know, we've, we've talked about it before and having, you know, more pay and well back up front and and very sort of little other options otherwise and um, adding this sort of another another prong to the attack shall we say um you potter loves mixing things about as well with the tactical gameplay and and the tactician that he is again yeah. just gives him another weapon in his arsenal to to try and unlock what we're trying to achieve so really good like you said <laughs> Going from the Belgian Pro League to, to the Prem is no easy feat. It took Trossard a couple of seasons, should, should we say, at the most. Um, there may be a period of adaptation there. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. You know, what, what is it? 27 goal, goals and or assists in 25 at the moment. I mean, he's he's clearly on a roll. Um, so, be exciting to see it. But he's, he's got to win the title with USG first. Here's, here's the question, though, I think, which is, the other piece that comes around to this, the fee, see the fee, you talked about the fee, right? 6.3 million. We, we paid just over 6 million for Abdullah Seema, who's, you know, was at Stoke injured back at the club now doing rehab. Um, we paid 4.5 million for Sherpin, who sometimes doesn't make the bench. This, it, I, I, I still think we look at a striker in the summer. I really do. 
I still think they look or, or a supplemental winger that can bring you goals. Um, I don't think this is the end of this. I, I know he doesn't arrive until the summer, but for £6 million, and he's probably not going to be demanding a massive amount of wages, I think it's one of those ones we like, well, why wouldn't we do that? I think that you're possibly right. I thought this in the summer, that they wouldn't do it, that they would definitely be in for a striker and they didn't manage to get one over the line. The only reason I say that is I suspect that they will be looking at Mitoma to be one of those players to contribute goal-wise that may well be that extra option that they're hoping to bring forward that that wasn't, you know, Percy Tower was supposed to be one of them. He definitely didn't do it. Lacardia, Andone, all of those just dross that didn't come in and do anything. Um, I think they're probably hoping Mitoma may may well be one of those other players that come in and do that. Um, and and have, have enough points on his visa to be able to get in at this at that point? Will he? Yeah, yeah. From yeah. what I can gather, he's got it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just don't see any need to bring him over. Um, yeah, I think that I, I would still like to see us get one. You know, if we're getting Connolly out and Undav in, we're still rather light, especially well, with Welbeck perennially. Exactly. So, uh, it's. I mean, it also depends, right? Is Potter looking at uh, Ferguson, Talaj, who's just gone out on loan and thinking we've got something possibly there in one of these players that could end up coming in and doing something next year in the Connolly role that, that obviously didn't work out for him. Um, but... I'm sure at some point it will work out for one of them. Ferguson's already shown something um, when he played in the FA Cup the other day. Uh, mm. Greg in the chat said, do you think there'll be any more signings by the club today? I don't think anyone saw any more signings coming in, Greg. Uh, and then we popped up with Baker Boati uh, from Porto about an hour ago. Uh, he's going to join the under-23s, but he's very much another one of those young players were signing in just like Kozlowski and Mitoma and all the rest. Um, looks like we'll be doing a permanent deal uh, similar to Sarmiento. Um, so I I would have told you no before that one. So who who knows? Uh, we may well be doing so. Um, and Flossie in the chat says that USG did a quality leaving video for him. Uh, I hope he wins the league for them the first time in 80 years. Yeah, he that video was very cool. A uh, couple of different things. Uh, one thing to note on there is Dante Van Zier was in that chat wishing him well. Um, I'm hope he doesn't have to wish him too well because I would love him to join him <laughs> at the Albion in the <laughs> summer as well. That could be your alternative option as well up top. Um, the other piece is that it might it might not feel like it because we, the players we bought, we've loaned back out for the most part. But, um, you know, between Kozlowski and Undev, we've spent the burn money already uh, before we even before we even got the, the check uh, from, from from up north. And then the other piece is you also sort of got another player back in Moises Casado coming back from beer shot on loan and, and then, you know, given a bit more squad depth. So, no, I, as Josh mentioned, I don't think we'll see any more. The biggest bit of business for me is, is the fact that we haven't bled any more players out. And there was a lot of talk of that, right? Basuma was the big one. There was a lot of noise coming out of Villa. And then the thing that really annoyed me earlier when Naylor tweeted out that we received a thir- rejected a thirty-five million pound bid for for Basuma, but forgot to mention that that was weeks ago, and decided to just casually post that now, two hours before the transfer window shut, like an absolute clickbaiting 
gentleman. Um, so and he doubled yeah. down on it. Don't forget, he told you off, Adam. He doubled yeah, yeah, down yeah. On he dug himself more of a hole. People were piling on him, though. He knew he, he knew he was wrong. <laughs> but he just he had to just own it at that point. Uh, so yeah, the fact that we kept a hold of those players is is the big piece for me. Yeah, rescuing from from beer shot. Exactly, what a disaster of a situation that is. If you think Norwich is bad, go and look at beer shot in the Jupiler Pro League. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They could be, they could be worth an article all on of themselves, couldn't they? Really, they're doing the opposite of USG. <laughs> it's just the equivalent of a tanking in the in the Jupiler Pro League. So, yeah, if you don't get a draft pick, be a shot. It's just <laughs> um, there is one non Albion related move I did want to touch on manager wise. Well, we've had two since we last recorded. Uh, Roy Hodgson. At Watford, um, they've been pretty active this window as well. Fair play to them; they have actually been signing players um, and first team ones as well. Um, has he got enough? Is Roy going to save him? I don't think so. Wow, uh, it'll be tough. I I can't see it myself. Uh it's. I don't think he'll save them. But could I think of a worse situation to have happened? Uh, for us coming up because we play when do we play Watford the Two 12th weeks, right so next ne- yeah. next game I genuinely couldn't think of a worse person to come in from our perspective than someone yeah. that knows how to play against Brighton and set up and frustrate um, so I was just I was I don't care what the outcome is because you know how I feel about Watford they've annoyed me and I want them to go down but frustrating for, for our upcoming game against them yeah, it's not ideal. Um, I don't think you'll do enough either, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took three points off us now in their peak, like peak palace at home the other last year. Um, they'll have one <laughs> shot on target, and it'll be some ridiculously poor player that hasn't done anything all year, and they'll absolutely slam some Van Basten-style volley into the top <laughs> corner, <laughs> and then they'll go on their merry way, um, as seems to be the Roy Hodgson way. Uh, and the other one was Everton, Confirming Frank Lampard as manager. Um, they're in a bit of a relegation battle too, aren't they? With that kind of managerial appointment. appointment. Um, what do we think about that? Uh, I was... I'm surprised that they've gone with Frank. I feel like they would. They may as well have just stuck with Big Dunk for the next four months and winged it if they're going to go with someone of Lampard's quality. He hasn't particularly done anything. They've also seemingly let him come in and dictate some of these signings. But Deli Ali and um, and Van de Beek were supposedly the rumours are that he, you know, sanctioned those those moves. They're very. They've. They, this is a. The whole thing is a very like football manager panic setup where you're like, oh god, who are the the highest valued players I can get on a loan quickly and figure? Oh, him, Deli Ali, I'll take it. Deli Alley was a weird one because seemingly in the contract that, that it's it's done in a way where they don't play they don't pay anything initially they don't pay Tottenham until twenty games are played but because he's cup tied he can't actually play more than eighteen games for Everton this year so hypothetically unless they've got some like sticky wording in the contract Everton can have Deli Alley and then sell him <laughs> and never pay Spurs anything. Which is quite funny, but um, I think look, 
Everton are such a poorly run club that Frank Lampard's going to need a bit of time. You, you can look back at his Chelsea set, set, set up where he brought in a lot of youth players and people like Mason Mount always get thrown out as like, oh, you know, what a great job he's done with, with the youngsters. But he didn't get the results. Um, so, I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? I, like you said, yeah, it's just trying to bring in these sort of players and... Frank Lampard isn't exactly tried and tested either, uh, especially where they find themselves. But the quality they've got, they shouldn't be where they are. But they've classic mismanagement and a bit of a, a bit of a club that doesn't really know where they are at the moment. So uh, we'll we'll see where they end up. But yeah, the the, the Van der Beek and Deli Ali situation as well. Yeah, talking about some lots of personalities there as well. And we've we've seen it before when we had like four signings in in one deadline day you know you're trying to accommodate a lot of these players and for every one person you bring in someone else's slot is is being gone so uh, it's a difficult one this whole transfer deadline stuff and i feel the same for newcastle as well trying to bring in so many heads um you know is that going to be a hindrance as opposed to a good thing yeah I mean, they even, I mean, I think it is though, right? Like we saw it with Manchester City. They went into full like football manager mode, signing Joe and Fabinho and Milano. Like, and yeah, like they they just went full met like just scattergun approach. Um, Newcastle have done it out. Botman, Carlos. Well, if we can't get them, get on the phone to Big Dampern. He'll fix it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they're going through these things. It's like, all right, who's available? You go and like if I. If I play football manager, not as Brighton, but like as like a championship team or like even one in like the Belgian Pro League or Portugal or whatever, I'm like, oh, I was like, I could do with some depth. Let's look who's on loan for on the loan list at Brighton to get a bright player in. <laughs> just looks like what Newcastle have done. Just have a quick we'll look just, down the list. Take a peek at their favoured clubs and, and you're in for a shot. So. <laughs> the, the, the Newcastle situation is interesting though. It's uh, the one that the... the the big one that intrigues me that they did was the the chap from uh, Marseille, the Brazilian guy. Why is his name escaping? Uh, me? It was Leon. It was uh, Bruno something. Guimet- Bruno Grimares. I think you have to say it like that. Yeah, yeah, from Leon. Um, that's forty million quid, and they might he might, he might be in the championship. That's I mean, mental. That's, that's their Robinho signing, isn't it? That's yeah, that's, kind of, yeah. that's someone that they're they're looking to to make a very big difference in the center of the park, um, knowing full well that where they need to be better is defense. <laughs> so the the big down burn goes goes a long way there. Um, but I, th- I still think Newcastle's frailties are at the back, and if you sign someone of that caliber to sit in the center of the park and and play the way that he does, I I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have, or whether it's just misaligned with what they're expecting. It's a defensive overhaul, isn't it, already? Because let's not forget, they, the, the Trippier's already played games for them. Um, yes. you've Trippier, Danburn. You've now got Matt Target on the left now. That's a Target as well. That's right. Yeah, they just on loan from, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, with a, I think with an option to buy. Uh, so you're saying if you, you're paying a back four, you, you've overhauled three quarters of that already. So you, you have yeah. your Manquillos, your you know your your shares and your your Lascales. Like I, I don't think they're going to be too happy with uh, three defensive players coming in in the space of three weeks. Surely not, though, right? They're going to play a back five with wingbacks because Target has been exposed as a left back for a long time. He's not 
he is a left wing back and nothing else. That's kind of I think that's kind of why Villa let him go because he he is only really useful at wing back because he's a bit of a mad case otherwise. Um, mm. The Bruno one, and I know that some people are probably listening. Greg, especially going, I don't want to hear about Newcastle. It's not Palace. We are dealing with Greg. <laughs> let's bring it back to Brighton though, because Bruno is coming with much the same reviews and much the same furore for a lot more money, mind you, as Basuma did when he came from Lille. When we signed Basuma, he was getting much the same ratings, not quite as much like wild shit going on because A, we're not owned by like a fucking nation state. And B, yeah. he's Malian as well. He's not Brazilian. Brazilian is obviously a bigger selling point too. But a lot of French journals and, and English journals that are familiar were saying the same, almost word for word, what they're saying about Bruno here. Let's not forget, it took him almost 18 months to two years to become a first 11 Premier League player. He he is our best player most days now, Basuma. But it took him a long time under both Hewitt and Potter to become a player that he is now. So I think they're asking a lot for, for him to come in and uh, and come in and, you know, make a difference. I think it's a big ask. You're, you're asking for expectations straight off the bat, aren't you? And I think that's that's where I'm sort of akin to the Man City thing that, that happened as well when they got absorbed. Um, it's just we they want it and they want it now. So, you know, it, there's very little wiggle room for them to come in and adapt and, and maybe give them the time that they need. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Sorry, Adam. Uh, no, I was, I, I was going to say, I think the best recent memory situation where someone has come in with okay expectations and then just been an absolute world beater immediately plays on the left wing for us. It's Mark Kukurea. Um Think, I mean, we played his first game for us and we're like, oh, that guy looks pretty good. Second game, like, this is probably one of the best players on our team. And he's never stopped. <laughs> like, so that's a, every signing every other club makes in the January transfer window, that's all anyone is hoping for. That's that level of ability to come in and then just be incredible. It doesn't happen very often. Think of all the examples where they're not Mark Kukureyas, and we've seen them. They played at this club and no longer play anymore. Um, yeah, it's a tough and we, one. I, and yeah. we we saw it to a degree with Lamptey as well. I mean, he 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 was just uh, electric from the start as well. So, you know, we we've been very lucky to see a few players really hit the ground running for us when ninety five percent of the time players do need some time to adjust, not just to a new country and a new team, but just in general to, to maybe a new system, a new manager, a new players. So um, it's very rare that you're going to see someone hit the ground running. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Newcastle, I mean, the fans themselves react um, in, in what that means for them and, and what they see in the next couple of games. Veltman as well in the chat, uh, Flossie said, uh, is one of those players that really hit the ground running. I think age helped Joel there to be honest especially playing for Ajax for so long as well um but I was actually thinking about it this morning and I was thinking what players have we signed that have hit the ground running in January um and I like I went through transfer market and everything in the past just to have a look because I could only think of two Tarek Lamptey and Anthony Knockup and I still even even looking through the names there was no one else really that hit the running hit the ground running and I know we're not a big January signing anyway 
Um, but two things. Uh, Longman has now officially signed uh, a three-and-a-half-year deal at Hull, 750 grand with looking to be doubled that, depending on add-ons, I imagine, goals. Um, and Louis Capron, Capron, I'm so sorry if I've absolutely murdered your name. Uh, you are excited to catch us live. Me and my dad listened to you guys for a year now. Well, welcome to the stream. Uh, very happy to have you. We're way better after Josh does four hours of edits and cuts out all the crap <laughs> that we say. So yeah, you're, you're great. Oh, the other thing I would, we've got a knockout mention earlier on Sky Sports News. Uh, Wes Morgan was asked a question. It was like, who can you think of? Uh, of any player you've played with in the past that's come into the club and sort of surprised you immediately with their ability and attitude. And everyone he could have said, he said knockout. Um, when he when he signed for Leicester, so another little shout out for the club legend. Yeah, I would love to love to see him continue to do well, but he's just fell off, hasn't he? Unfortunately, he's had yeah. a tough time, tough time in life. So it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah. What's he? He's back at Fulham now, isn't he? It must be hard to get into that Fulham team that's scoring seven goals a game. So uh, they're the absolute yeah. cheat code at the moment, Fulham. I know we're completely off on a tangent altogether now, but it's ridiculous. They it are. is. No, it is. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's been a team score this many goals in this many games in, in the championship in a long time, if ever. It's outrageous. Mental. Yeah, it's nuts. The, I do want to close the loop on the Newcastle piece, though, because, again, I still don't think we've had confirmation come through that Dan Byrne piece is, the signing has actually fully gone through. Maybe it will happen while we're talking. Well, they better hope it does. If not, he's, he's, he's got a long drive back, isn't he? Um, <laughs> an, ex, an extravagant uh, video announcement, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. It takes a long time to pan up, doesn't it? To be fair. Uh, <laughs> Stitch all those pictures together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other piece that we probably need to just think about with Newcastle is um, are these is the Ashworth rumours. My my thought on the Ashworth thing is if that is going to conclude, they announce it after this window because they, they he he may have said if he is going to go to Newcastle. He goes, look, let me finish out the January transfer window and then I'll come to you guys. Conflict of interest is gone. I've done my task here. I've already promoted the guy's name who escapes me to work underneath me. Weir. David uh, Weir. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, so what, what do we think there with his future at the club? I think he's gone. And my thought is that Weir will hold down the fort between now and the summer. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we brought in the USG director of football, Ooh, given that he is English. First. Given that he <laughs> is English, right? I think it's Burgess, uh, or is that the manager? Um, but he is the the director of football over there is English um, and knows all about the way it works. Wouldn't shock me at all um, if that was a decision that we decided to make. Um, maybe even send Weir the other way um, to kind of continue that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That way that he's doing things. Uh, it It's already been set up. We're already in a great spot if we lose him. Um, you know, we, we've been told since Gus was around that we've always wanted to get processes in, the, in there, systems in there, everything involved without like an individual piece, right? Like we've always been told... This is the way we're doing it. Regardless of who comes in, we've got an identity. This is what we're going to do. We're going to follow the processes. We're going to follow the the data. Um, you can bring in another director of football without anything too wild changing nowadays, I think. He's built us the platform. 
and it's took a couple of years to do it. We've already re reaping the benefits. I don't know. I just think <sighs> I could argue that as time goes on, Ashworth's role gets less important because the foundation and the structure is so con like consistent and built in. Here's, here's a stupid point to make because I love everything you've just said. And if all of that comes true, uh, I think we should, you know, this is this is big, this big moment for the pod. Remember where you were when you heard this. Uh, how does that happen then? If you're Ashworth right now and Newcastle are out signing, who knows what? Surely he has to tick the box and say, I'm okay with this signing. Unless he sat there at Brighton, you know, bringing in and failing to get the, the lad from South America to come in. And then Newcastle are just going, you know what? Uh, we'll have Dan Byrne, Target, Trippier, this guy. And he's just sat there going, no, I don't, I don't, I'd hate that player. Surely. And which, how do you then reconcile the conflict of interest? It's Maybe it's just a point for another time, but yeah. It's a, it, there was that uh, interview that Ashworth did a couple of years ago, just around what his roles are in the club as well. Just in terms of, you know, helping to get the manager what they need as opposed to making those critical decisions. I think it's a, like the director of football roles, a lot about the medium to long term as opposed to what they're doing. You've got Target on a loan. You've got Trippier that's 31, 32. You've got Dan Byrne who's 30. Um, maybe it is a case that actually he doesn't have a say in this at all at the moment, but when he does come in, he knows that the medium term ambition is X, Y, and Z, and there's a blank checkbook to go. Um, so, who knows? I mean, do we do we know? I mean, we we've heard about Ashworth and how much he does for the club in in sort of in the background. But how close is he to these signings? And does he have to have a personal liking to him, or is it just that Potter likes him so his word is gospel? I mean, as far as I'm I'm concerned, and I'm about as you know as plugged in as I can't think of something that isn't very plugged in. Um, but that uh, he's he. It's it's a consortium, but as far as I was concerned, it's essentially led by him when we make signings. Um, but you know, Josh probably knows more about this than than anyone else. I know as much as you do in that regards. That's uh, from what I can gather. They really do mean it when they say that Potter, McCauley, Win Stanley, and Ashworth all put their heads together, yeah, and come yeah. up with the list. I think it's on Ashworth to to do the majority of that. Uh, the negotiation side, though, probably. Um, along with Graham, when they get brought in to do the meet and greet, right? Like, Graham will do the wowing, which is hard to imagine. Um, <laughs> Graham Potter doesn't seem like the uh, the, the most amazing uh, bloke to meet in terms of wowing you with a club. But, God, I'm not going to I'm not gonna criticise him too much, given that he's as superb as he is. He wows um, in a cerebral fashion, maybe not in a... Uh over exuberance yeah uh, uh here's a hot take maybe we just gave david weir a raise uh and a new fancy title just to keep him away from everton with the fucks that they're in and the fact that they were showing interest yeah maybe, maybe it was just to keep away from him because we don't want him going to a team that on the on the down low we're probably viewing as a rival now Premier League position for now, for, for now, yeah. yeah. You kind of, I mean, that they, they they certainly wouldn't see it that way. But I mean, no, of course not. But. Yeah, I mean, they are, they are, yeah, they are. 
because money wise, of course, they're not. They're 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 miles ahead of us. Like Villa and West Ham and that group are just not. They're not comparable. Uh, but I suspect the club don't see it that way. Um, I suspect the club probably see them as direct positional rivals and and hope and hope that they're going to continue to be because if they are, we're doing the good. Like we're we're going on along the right lines. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we also did something like that and was just like, a, here's some extra money just to keep you away from going there. Ultimately, yeah. if if we want to be a top 10 club, then Everton has to be a, proficient, uh, a positional rival. So um, just yeah, from, point, from, yeah. from from the objectives that we've got in front of us, it, it kind of has to be that way. So maybe maybe that is what it is. Maybe, you know, we, he's held in such high regard at, at this club that um, we just don't want him going anywhere else. Um, we obviously walked into today expecting two deals to be done, uh, first team deals. And, uh, we're walking away now with, with just Dennis and Dev, a, a future version of Dennis and Dev. Um, what ha- the, the, and Cisco thing seemed to have broken down on personal terms with agent fee demands and, um, fee demands. And they wanted 20% of the deal or something like that. And it fell apart. Um, it seems a shame because obviously I, I, I can't imagine we've watched a ton of film and video, but he, he, this, this kid was held in really hard regard from the people that we spoke with and heard about. Um, and it's an, it's a lottery ticket that we lost out on basically. Of course, when you're looking at buying in at these young players and paying some money for them, you're just hoping they work out. Um, bit of a shame. Nick, Nick AXF in the chat, uh, says that he saw something saying that he wanted to be paid outside of the UK taxi uh, system, which is just... Why quint- do you think we're in the US? <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> quintessentially South American transfer dealings, isn't it? It's like South American transfer bingo at this point. Uh, whenever a deal like this falls through, because we were seeing the same thing with Caicedo, right? We were we were pretty sure that that wasn't going to go through. Billy Arker mm. as well, which I'd want to touch on, by the way. He's on a plate, um, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whenever a deal like this falls through, not just for us, just across the Premier League, I assume that you've got seven different agents, you've got two different sets of parents, you've got third parties, fourth parties and fifth parties involved. You've got like a shoe shop down the road that bought naming rights two years ago. I just assume you've got so many things that are entwined within it because there is so much stuff that goes on in the background of South American football that I, I just think that you've just got, uh, they're braver the people than I would be. It just feels like it's just a minefield of red tape and nonsense. I mean, all the way back to Tevez and Mascherano, we've had the exact same thing and nothing's changed. That was 20 oh, that years was, ago. What, was that Akia Jurobachin or whatever is it? Just, I think it was, that's the agent where they owned percentages of the players and it was just a disaster. Just yeah, yeah. massively illegal. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All sorts of crimes <laughs> going on. Yeah, yeah the, the original NFT that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just as an interesting one, uh, one of the lads in a Brighton chat, I mean, uh, the 18th of January was when the £35 million pound bid was turned down. Andy Naylor, uh, do better. Come on, mate. It's 13 days ago. I'm still, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm really annoyed that he, he did that because he ain't stupid. His, his job is to be careful with words. Yeah. He just wants uh, maybe he gets a bonus if he gets a certain number of views on the athletic live transfer coverage and he gets an extra 50 quid down the pub or something. But it was just 
scandalous, ridiculous, Andy. <laughs> uh, uh, Billy Argo, though, is the South American wonder kid that is making his way over. Amazing hair. Uh, had a heck of a season last year um, in South America, by all means, um, and is now having a chance to do something. I don't know what he's going to look to do uh, on the South Coast, but he is going to get a six-month chance to do so. This is an interesting one, I think, um, because he was very decent last year over there. Um, and has somehow, I don't know what the hell's been going on in the background to get him over here, but he's here now. Um, like you said, he's on that plane. Um, you know, he'll probably be around for the FA Cup. I would be very interested to see if and when we even see anything from him at all. Um, is this another one of those Percy Towers, do you think? Or do you think he actually is going to come in and actually play some kind of role? Or is he just going to be never to be seen again? Uh, it, it, Percy Towers until proven otherwise for me. <laughs> yeah, everyone is Jürgen Lucardia, Alaris Jahangbash, Percy Tao. Uh, uh, it, it's, yeah. And there it is, uh, 5.45 p.m., 10.45 p.m. Dan Byrne has completed his move to Newcastle for an undisclosed fee. That's definitely worth £13 million. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. To, I, this has been posted time and time again at this point, but... Um, Good for him. Good for. I don't. I don't really feel like anyone's too mad about this. Like he, he's been in incredible form this year. He's as a signing, he's worked out beyond our wildest dreams in terms of what he came into. He's playing six foot seven. He's playing left wing back and left back for a vast portion of last year. He came in and then covered a centre back. He had Lukaku in his pocket when we played Chelsea in that one of those games. He's been so so impressive. Like really well done. But he's not that young. And it's thirteen million. Just, I think we 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 take those. Yeah, I, I'd be yeah the form of his life as well, and eighteen months on the contract as well. You know, if, if he is looking to go up north, yeah, no one's ever going to begrudge it. You know, that's that's the team he he supports and and grew up watching as a kid. You know, you you can't begrudge him that sort of move. Um, and for us as well, we we were never going to get that sort of money for him at the start of the season. Um, it's that scintillating form that's driven that price up, and we've said, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so good deal for all parties. Um, will we miss him? Probably because yeah, like you said, he. I think Lukaku's still in his pocket, but um, you know we we do have at full strength. I don't think Dan Burns in our eleven. So um, no. you know with, with with Dunk now back and you know Duffy being given a chance this year, um, I think it was the right time to cash in. And, and yeah, best of luck to him. It's outrageous, isn't it? Really, thirteen million pound for a twenty-nine year old with an eighteen-month deal left. Um, that's not even a first-choice centre half. And. Um, and the reality is he's going to get six months at Newcastle and probably not make their squad next next August with it, with what I imagine the, the spending will be. It's almost like money doesn't mean anything to the club he's going to. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I've seen I've seen a big outpouring of grief on the old Twitter sphere. Um, but here's, here's an unpopular one. Uh, but I'll just say it. Let's not forget that, and I, I, I looked this up, the week before Halloween, that's that recently, what, two, three months ago, when we played Norwich, Josh, Josh Sargent had his pants down. And we were we were hoping Dan Murn never played in a Breton shirt again. And not just us three, 
the majority of Albion fans on social media were lambasting the fella and saying he was totally past it. Him and Pascal Gross should not be in a Premier League squad anymore. La, 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 la. We got lucky that Dan Byrne found the form he did. And I have to be honest, I don't envisage him keeping that level of form that he's got right now under Eddie Howe at Newcastle. I just don't think he will. It's a bit Adam Elabd-esque where he just played that world-class football for like three years. And then as soon as he left Brighton, he wasn't the same. He was the centre-half we had at the beginning. I I think Dan Byrne, however much I loved him, and I think he's, you know, what he's given to the club for what we put in is outrageous. Um, I I don't think it's anywhere near as big um, of a loss as people are making out to be. It's the definition of selling high. Like we're, we're selling when his valuation is as high as it essentially can be for for, for outside of the contract piece. Like he's playing as out out of his skin, better than anyone could have expected. And yeah, you're right. I remember specifically saying I can't watch Dan Byrne attempt to like tackle anymore. There was a rather few games where you you just think to yourself, "This is not this can't this won't end well." And he suddenly he just turned it around, didn't he, and just went on this absolute tear. Um, good for us, good for him. All's well that, that ends well. Uh, again, we've already spent the money. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, I'm, maybe this brings us around to what people think, and it'd be interesting to see what people say in the chat as well and what you guys think. The state of the team right now, because unless, um, you know, a swan song potentially for, from, from Ashworth in the next 11 minutes, we're not bringing anyone else in and no one else is leaving. This is the team we're we're seeing the season out with um what concerns thoughts happy with it i, I think at the beginning of january uh, or like maybe mid-december we were clamoring for signings to try and turn this uh this very awful spell around um and then christmas happened and and january's happened we find ourselves in what ninth position um my personal I think my personal goal for for January was let's not let Basuma or anyone else go. Like let's let's keep it down to a minimum. As if we're not seeing ins, then we shouldn't see outs. Uh, let's yeah. let's keep this team as as we're going. Um, so that was, I think I agreed with Potter right at the start of January that it was like okay, let's just make sure nobody big leaves. Um, and I think we should be okay. Um, we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, where this is the first season where we've really not been looking over our shoulder that much. Um, it's now about progression and tangible results to show that we're better than last year. Um, the stats told it last year, but the results didn't. We're now starting to see the stats and the results roll in. So um, riding that high, keep the team together, see what they can do. And then in the summer, you bring in Undav, you bring in Matoma, you bring in the extra reinforcements. Um, I think I'm, I'm happy if it ends here, which, you know, with it slamming shut in nine minutes, uh, who knows, but um I'm glad that we haven't lost anyone that's pivotal to the way that we play. Nailed it. Nothing, nothing to add really on my side. Um, Undav is the icing on a cake. I didn't realize we were going to get, I'm, you know, we're, we're pretty much already safe, which is very privileged to be in that position at 22 games in. Uh, We are in such a strong position that the idea of not getting another five to eight points is just incomprehensible. Really? draw specialists that we are we could easily draw another a um yeah you know we can we can probably offload a bunch of names come summer 
uh, and not be too worried about it, right? You can get rid of Steele. You can get rid of Duffy. You can have a couple of people leave. Bissouma is going to go for big money, regardless of the money you have in a year left. He's still going to go for a lot of money. Lalana will probably retire. Um, Burns gone, you know, and then you're going to get your your reinforcements. You're going to get your Mitomas, your Undevs, uh, your Kozlowskis, your Sherpin will take over that role, your Mitomas. Um, and then you'll have your Van Hex and your Clarks and whoever else at centre half to come in and, and make that difference if if any of them are gonna. As well as Sarmiento coming back from injury, you know, Mwepu has has been out for a couple of weeks too. He was really starting to turn it on as well. Um I'm not worried at all, really, just because of the the January we've had. <laughs> like like Craig said, uh if if we were having this well, when we were having this conversation just before Craig went back to the UK. We, uh, it was a very different one. Uh, but, yeah, as long as, you know, it would have been a different conversation, really, if we'd have lost Basuma, I would have been a lot more unhappy. But, yeah. Yeah. And we even, we talked about this before on other pods. The games we played without Basuma, the side haven't embarrassed themselves. Like, it's been, you're always going to miss a player of his quality. And, and yes, we've, in some instances, we've played some weaker opposition. But um, did well, survived, got points where we needed to. Um I generally agree. I broadly agree with what you both said. I think I'm where I'm a little bit more nervous is, in, and people are bringing this up in the chat. And I said this earlier: we were two of our quote unquote best players of our team are famous for being injury prone throughout their careers. In Danny Welbeck and Adel Lallana, you've seen the difference Danny Welbeck makes when he comes in and plays in this team. He has quality, and he changes. How we how we look at from an attacking standpoint, his hold up play, his quick deft touches and passing, fantastic. If he were to go down, um, and now you as you mentioned, Sarmiento is out for a while. I, I worry about how toothless we could potentially be up front. Um, I think you have the depth for the if Lalana's if Lalana goes out. I think he's a great player, but with Alzate coming back and providing a little bit more cover as well. That's been great to see. Um, and then the only other piece is what, what happens at centre-back now. But Potter's biggest asset, you could you could argue, is the ability to put players in positions, we've mentioned this with Dan Byrne, that they otherwise wouldn't have dreamed of playing and for them to excel in them. So we've seen, you know, and maybe excel is the wrong word here, we're saying gross play right back. You know, So even if... Duffy went down with an injury. Dunk got re-injured. You know, Veltman's going to come across to centre-back. We saw Kukureya play a game at centre-back and he did really well because he's an outstanding player, in which case, okay, we'll bring Solly March to play back at left wing-back and then we'll move someone else right wing-back. There's ways around this and they're, they're betting on the fact that obviously we can see out the season without an implosion. And even if we have a level of implosion, we're not going to get relegated. And that's the gamble that's been made. So I, I, I agree with you. I just put a little asterisk on it with some injuries. We don't have those games in hand either, which is big. Yeah, we don't. Which yeah. is going to be which is going to be an injury minefield as well. I think for some of those teams, we don't have back to back to back games like Burnley with like four games in hand, five games in hand. Even like we don't have that. We have a couple. Um, and and you know if we if we were to lose to Spurs this weekend. You could just say that it was the equivalent of going on a longer cup run, right? With the two games now that we're going to have to play, it's it's nothing major, and we have such a wealth of centre halves available to us come the summer. 
Hayden Roberts should be rubbing his hands together here as a, this is my chance to grab yeah, one of your those spots ahead of everybody else because everyone else pissed off on loan. So if there's ever, <laughs> if there's ever a time for a player to come in and be like, I was here first, like I've staked my claim. Now you guys have got to do the same. Hayden's, this is a hell of an opportunity for Roberts. He will get one. I'm sure he will between now and the end of the season because there's no way that we're not going to have suspensions and, and bits and pieces like that that come up that at no point in time is, is Graham not going to go, yeah, I'm going to start Hayden for two games this, this for the rest of the Premier League. I'm sure he will. And arguably that would be all he needs to get. I think if he's going to try to stake a claim, that's what Dan Byrne got. And he went from someone yeah. that we didn't want to see him in a Brighton shirt again to half of Twitter in tears. So, Similarly, it, it could be all he's going to get as well. I mean, it, it's up to the player and, and what he does. He's clearly talented and he's on the bench a lot. But I feel, you know, he will have those couple of games where we know he'll get a chance. And, you know, again, on the other side of the coin, if he doesn't do well in those couple, you've got Van Heck coming back, you've got Clark coming back. And all of a sudden, you know, that stake of that claim um, suddenly doesn't do the world of good. So, um I know he's still young. He's had a few loans and stuff, but when he does get that chance, I feel like the pressure is on. I just hope he does really well because, yeah, another academy talent in in that back line would, you know, that's it's always a feather in the cap. Yeah, and up front, I tell you, I would, I'm going to be keeping, and I, I recommend any Albion fan listening to this too, uh, keep an eye on Cambridge United now because that's the that's the team that Tolage has gone to. Um, and he, whenever he's been, he, he's been injured twice, I think, as a youngster, but he has had a real knack for finding the net in the under-23s quite consistently. He's 20 now. This is a make-or-break six months for him too because if he gets to, you know, the end of the summer with nothing, with, you know, very poor at Cambridge, that's one thing. Um, you know, he bags eight to ten goals between now and the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him getting some kind of, in the same way that Ferguson is right now, uh, that, you know, those bench spots. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the one who got those options and he could be another name that we look at as we don't need to go out and sign a striker. Talaj is like six foot two and 21 years old and has just played six months in the League One. Let's see what he can do as, you know, behind the others as an alternative option with League Cup games, especially at the start of that season. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, again, all of these is just if if one of them hits, it's just a big win, isn't it? Uh, but I, I do the, the club sets itself up in a. We aren't set up in a perfect way for youth intake. Oh, that's changed over the years, I suppose. But it's not like we're this machine that churns out incredible youth candidates on a regular basis. Um, there are clubs that do that, uh, but. Where cl- clearly where Bloom was set us up is some of the deals that you're seeing, which is Jakob Modas and Kozlowski's and potentially Undavs. But those players that have come from those lesser leagues and then we sell on for a fortune and repeat this cycle, but increasing our abilities by one and two percent each time. So I suppose. That's my way of saying like, I, I'm excited about some of these players that we've already signed that are out on loan and not at the club right now that are going to be the next Basuma um, that we signed with hopes 
with a decent-ish basic reputation that we sell on for a crazy profit in the future or even better, we sign him to a massive contract because he believes in the mission of the team. Yep. yep. And you're already seeing it, aren't you, with the teams we've got. Kukurea is, is already on that list. Yep. Lamptey is on that list as someone who's going to be sold for a shit ton of money. Yep. McAllister is someone who's going to be, if we, you know, if we keep him for a couple more years, we could end up getting him a decent profit on him. There's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of already Yakamoda. He's already, he was the, he was the original Kozlowski. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's already there. Apparently he had a bit of a hand in that deal, but you know, it isn't just like a reference saying, I've read something somewhere, you know, the, the city's amazing. The club's incredible. Potter is awesome. Like, come and come and join the club. Like, you'll you'll like it. So we've already, we've already, we've got a deep sleeper agents already out there. It's interesting, I, and all of these sort of European names that we're looking to go out with, maybe a little bit more profile. You you do forget, and I'm I'm guilty of this. You do forget about the Van Hex and the Cadres and um, those that are applying their trade in the second and third tiers of the English leagues, um, where. You saw Ryan Longman go today. Um, you know, uh, that's, what, up to one, one and a half mil that we wouldn't have had before. You know, we start talking about, I guess, more of a, a business model. You hate to say it, but in in having these academy prospects come through and start making us money almost in a passive income basis, um, you know, you obviously we, we were you know, once a smaller club in that way that benefited off of that sort of thing, but... You know, when when you do have the Van Hex and the Cadres, and if Blackburn do come up, you know, are we going to sell them for you know six to eight mil? And that's mm. money that we wouldn't have had before. That you can then start investing in more higher profile players like the Undavs, like the Koslowskis. So there seems obviously there's a plan in place, but it it just seems to be so much more evident now than it does a few years ago to me specifically. Um, yeah, that that clearly this is now working, and that academy that was built what feels like eons ago is now starting to have a real impact on where we stand in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, it does feel though. And I know everyone likes a big splash to be made of a signing, but that's never going to happen in January, especially at Brighton. But depending on how this plays out, like it truly, if the side finishes at a top 12 position, let's say there's a, a big signing has to be Lewandowski to Brighton this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, it's a, <laughs> all we've got to have is Jakob Moda to say a little word saying Brighton's a nice town to live in on international duty and he's he's here if he wants to play in the best league that's, there is that's, that's all you need yeah you can room up with Kasper and, and, and Jakob it would be lovely um, <laughs> like they're staying in a hostel or something <laughs> <laughs> one Skoda, one Skoda between them. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get him his Ballon d'Or that he's desperate for, won't it? Uh, but no, as in my point saying is, I think next time we do one of these ones in the summer, I think that there'll be a we're almost compelled to have to sign a big name at that point, regardless of the system, regardless of the setup, especially if Basuma walks. There'll be there's a splash that would have to be made. Um, but we'll see. Especially if Lalana retires, which I think he probably will. Mm. So you've got Lalana and Bissouma leaving in that centre midfield. I think Welbeck. there's going to Welbeck possibly as well. Yeah, I think I think you're going to, especially in that midfield. I think you're going to see a big a big signing made. I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's that's what happens. Um, 
So I tweeted it earlier. Um, it's doing well. Lots of people liked it. So I like the validation. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> we've got about 65 million quid this summer in January put together with Dan Byrne and Ben White going out. And, you know, those, I mean, we got rid of so much dead wood in the summer, but we didn't really get any money for most of them. Uh, I think we've got like a million for one or two or the others. Uh, so for about 65 million, we've signed Kukurea, Mwepu, Undav, Kozlowski, Seema, Sherpin, and Maitoma. Um Adam hit it best. You only need one of those to hit, really, and you're already doing excellent work because you're recycling Ben White as one of those young players that come from nothing. Kukurea alone is going to make a chunk of that, a large majority of that money back if we were to sell him in the next couple of years. We're going to sell him to Newcastle in three years for $65 million. It's all the money back. Exactly. Right, like, so say we did, though, and it's not out of the realms of possibility with the type of player he is. Everyone else, everyone else is a free hit at that point. I don't think... Uh, if Undav isn't on that list, I have more complaints than, than than I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the fact that we still didn't invest in a striker would have been very disappointing. But the fact that we've gone and got one, and for the price we did, you know, it makes it so much easier to to watch this team between now and the summer, knowing that we've already got a striker reinforcement that we desperately needed. And I'm sure, like you both said, it's probably not the only one that will be coming in. Probably. And there was worse, worse strikers, worse names we could have brought in than Undav. Like we were talking before, like drooling at the idea of bringing him in. Uh, I got, especially when we were in the doldrums. Before we went on that nice run, we were like, Andy, who could we bring in? Oh, if only we could take Undav. But they're in such great form. They'll never let him go. You know, it's, um, it's there's reasons to be very optimistic here. Yeah. And I'm excited to see her too. By the way, of course. I didn't mean to take steal your thunder. Yeah, uh, no, slam shit, slammed. Fabrizio, Fabrizio has confirmed it. Here we go. It is indeed. <laughs> I, I know this is irrelevant too, but um, to this podcast. But I do want to quickly touch on the Obama Young thing, just because I find it funny. Um, it's worth it. It's worth finishing on such a note. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just, it sounds like he ju- they just got the deal done right at the end. Uh, because. It's funny for a number of reasons. I'm sure everyone listening has been tracking the fact that there was rumours that he was going to go to Barcelona on loan. And he turns up in Barcelona that neither the clubs knew he was going to be there. Then then there's embarrassment. Then it says, oh, the deal's fallen through because they can't agree on wages. So then the statement comes out from Aubameyang's people saying he's just on a family trip. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I really fancy going on a family trip to Barcelona on deadline day um, and then signing things with the fans at the airport. But then it comes back. I think what's funny is it just swings back perfect for the Arsenal fans, ironically, in, the, in, in that he then signed for nothing. So they don't even get anything for him. It's a zero dollar, like zero pound fee. Uh, and he's then agreed to lower his wage structure significantly to fit in with Barcelona's scam accounting where they're paying him significantly less than what he was earning at Arsenal. So, so Arteta and Arsenal walk away with nothing, an embarrassment. Barcelona end up with a Bameyang 
on maybe even half what he was earning before and nothing paid. Just a ridiculous situation. That's that's a badly run club. It, when you look around the league and we talk about bad run clubs, we've got Hodgson coming out of his retirement home to come in at Watford. We've got Frank Lampard bringing in Deli Alley at Everton and who knows what. You've got Arsenal. And Van der Beek. Van der Beek, you got, who couldn't get in a, a disaster side at Man United. Uh, and and then you've got Arsenal selling their former captain of this season for nothing in January. Yeah, Flossie Gonk in the chat has nailed it, and Sky said the same thing. But it still lends itself to how shitty of a club yeah, this is. You run. made the contract. The fact, the fact that the fact that the the bonus, the the profit you're getting, is not having to pay him twenty five million quid to burn his way away in the under-23s is your best positive. Just shows how poorly run it is. Like, what an yeah. awful deal. At, at the end of the day, you're, you're saving money you should have never spent in the first place. So it's a, it's a bit of a... a yeah. An, well, it's, yeah, it, very strange in terms of the dealings. I guess short-term, Arsenal are happy that he's off the wage bill. But at the same time, that like the damage had been done at that point anyway. Um, so, you know, it's... Better late than never, I think we call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of those big money contracts to players that maybe don't deserve them coming undone. Aaron Ramsey's the other big one from today, right? Um, where Juventus yes. are paying, paying him to play for Rangers. <laughs> why is he? Why is he playing at Rangers? What's happened anyway? It, there is there are some of those as well, yeah. The fall from grace. You when when you're talking about Van de Beek, when you're talking about Deli Ali, um, and Aaron Ramsey at Rangers is it's, there's a few there's a few we mentioned football manager earlier, but there's a there's a few rogue transfers that have happened in, in these even in the last couple of days. But, yeah. And we're not even we're not we're just totally like and don't forget Philip Catinho is at Villa on loan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously that's so long ago now but like that is also <laughs> something that happened this month if it isn't the most peak stupidity he got uh well, Coutinho is now playing for Villa as well on loan Barca's entire team is structured around players they've given too high wages for that don't play very good football anymore I mean Dembele they couldn't offload today as well he's earning a fortune is disgruntled isn't even playing now and they couldn't give him away there was rumours he was going to end up at Chelsea or Man United today but doesn't seem like that's come through so it's yeah Coutinho at Villa for me if we sum the, the transfer window up that's the most shocking transfer of this window in my opinion still yeah mm. yeah absolutely just random just out of nowhere possibly a total season changer of a deal, depending on what Coutinho they get. Yeah. Well, yeah. May- maybe not. Maybe Lampard to Everton, because if they get relegated under that idiot, then maybe that's <laughs> that's, that's the biggest sign-in of the season, because Everton going down would be well, just well-beaten. Just, uh, I guess they could get... Is it uh, Deli Alley? The deal sheet's complete, apparently. just come through. So Deli Alley is fully now an Everton player. Is that does Deli Ali? Is it? Does he ever get out? Or just Deli? If ever to do the unthinkable and get relegated, is Deli Ali just kicking a ball about at Millwall? Like, is that <laughs> is that what happens? Okay, Richarlison's there. He'd be gone. But you know, it's just baffling. Yeah, it's mental. It's mental. 
Um, yeah, at least, at least Van der Beek is on loan, right? Like, at least he can just go back. Um, I don't think he wants to. I think he'd rather play <laughs> in the championship. He'd get game time, at least, wouldn't he? Um, another player, just before we do wrap things up, um, Jesse Lingard, no move today. Uh, ended up Newcastle wouldn't pay the money Manchester United wanted from him. They Lingard, were demanding a ridiculous amount. I don't mean to cut you off, but they were asking for a stupidly high loan fee of multiple millions for the rest of this season. Yeah, I think it was it's about twelve million, wasn't it initially? What are you um, doing? Citing that you know, if you need him to stay up, then you'd get a hundred mil next year. So you owe us ten percent of that. It's, it's yeah. I, I quite mean, like it, it though. Quite the, funny. Yeah, the yeah the nuts on them to to do that, but. I mean, the the guy's going to walk away. Um, I, I mean, given, given the amount of English people that Mourinho is trying to sign for Roma as well, I, who knows where he's going to end up? Yeah. Uh, especially especially now he's got six months left. I'm sure a, a Bosman to a, a European team as well in the works for him. Yeah, uh, he may well end up getting himself in the shop window, regardless, right? Um, with everything that's gone on these last two days, uh, with another Manchester United attacker, Mister Mason Greenwood. Um, honestly, the less said about him, the better, because it's just so fucking gross. Um, he's just a piece of shit. But for Lingard, um, that you know, that's a that's a space on the bench that he maybe wouldn't have had before. Possibly rotation starts, especially in Europe, that he may well have got in place of that idiot. Um, well, no Greenwood, no debate. If Lingard doesn't see this season out playing relatively frequent football, Manchester United are. Even bigger idiots than we know they are. Yeah. Well Very said. Point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 maybe that was their their reasoning for it for for putting that kind of money or price tag on him with the other two, with one of them one of the deals going through and the other one happening as it has. Maybe they're just like, do you know what? I know we said we were in we were probably going to do it, but now we're just going to be pricks about it. Uh, and what are you going to do? Um, and go from there. So I think that's yeah. probably what happened. Well, that's everything on my side. The window is slammed shut. Albion are done, uh, as, as they should be. I didn't see any need for anyone else to be coming in at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think we're good to wrap, boys. Hey, we traded Dan Byrne for one potential young, incredible player and one potential very good striker. Uh, that's we'll take that. Yeah. So that's a good window. I don't, I don't. I mean, yeah. The whole the whole transfer deadline thing gets everyone worked up about this big name signing, and you know the the whole social media blowout of your club participating in this nonsense. But as Adam said, it's a very smart and tactical window. I don't think we needed to see anything else. Yeah. I nearly didn't credit Naylor for tweeting out basically exactly what I just said there because I, I now dislike <laughs> him, but there's his credit. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat for hopping on. Uh, hope to see you again next time whenever we uh, post Spurs in the cup. Hold, hold the phones. Sherpin has joined Ostersund on loan until the end of season. Ostersund? Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, not Osterson. A side that has letters that look like Osterson, but they're in Belgium. Oh, Ostend? How do you say it? 
that's that fine. sounded a we'll bit we'll stay with yeah, that. yeah 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 uh, that sound, we can edit, sounded edit like... that <laughs> cut that out <laughs> yeah, that's gone that's gone uh, I, I was I, just when you said it I thought you did like Potter's old club he's back to Potter's yeah he's back no he's going back there yeah yeah no. I see it Ustend Ustend on loan until the end of the season uh, they've been talking about doing it all window all window hadn't they so uh, good get him regular I mean, game time even he wanted to go didn't he I think he was fairly outspoken in, in going out on loan so fair enough um, yeah sounds like ousted so uh, that's very out, <laughs> and but that's what you want in it. You want you want players who want to play uh, enough to go out on loan. Um, he was never going to be anything more than a backup, with the fact that we're deep into the cup now, stuff like you're, that. So you, you've you've now got Sanchez, Steele, and I, I imagine McGill now as the three goalkeepers. Um, so I mean, I, I don't see a problem with that. I think again. Asterix aside, if Sanchez gets injured, you know, we're, we're then, I mean, regardless of whether that happened and we have 50 goalkeepers, that's still a hit. But um, I'm glad that he's getting time out. Um, Belgian first division as well. I'm sure there's a, a decent level. As long as he's starting, I, I think we, we should be happy. Yep. He's already he's already played a full year in uh, the Eredivisie before he came to us as well. So like, it's not like he's, he's arguably taken a mild, very, very mild step down. Um, mm. Hopefully Undav doesn't score too many against him with assists from Matoma. They take it easy. I hope they do. I hope they put like 12 past him. <laughs> Just to send a message. Just so like, this is you, you're going to be happy to see us on your side next time. Kill. Well, yeah. Or it's just, we'll then get into a situation where the players that we send to Belgium come back with PTSD. He'll join a little institute with Moises Casado <laughs> where <laughs> don't let them, don't, don't let them send you to Belgium. <laughs> like hello my name is Kiel. i played for <laughs> for six months yeah uh all right boys all right. that's it we're good um have a wonderful rest of your week everybody cup season is coming around uh so spurs up next and then the premier league finally uh back in action after that with watford and Roy at the wheel so yeah have a good one be safe uh speak to you next week cheers all thank awesome. you thank you